0: Welcome to The Golfing Mind, the uh, podcast, which as always looks at the game of golf in general, but the uh, the mental game of golf in particular. And as I often say, the mental game of golf is a fascinating subject. Though it's not always the most uh, interesting in terms of um, learning how to apply because it's it's almost the art of not doing for most other activities or learning processes very much involved in doing, you know, especially golf, we have to practise techniques, grips, tempo, rhythm, all sorts of things. But the mental game requires very little other than um, training your mind, which takes time, and the application of what you've learned on the course. And the title of today's um, podcast is, what are you thinking? It's a great expression that, isn't it? If you. You're playing in a, a four ball better ball and you, your partner's put it in the water. It's a par five and you decide for reasons that will be explained to you later in your life. Well, maybe I could take my three wood, carry 210 yards of water to this elevated green and stop the ball. And, um, and there's a rush of blood to the head or um, some other moment of delusion. And you pick out your three wood, you step up there and you hit it very firmly into the water uh, with the ball not getting above six feet off the ground. And your partner looks at you and says the immortal forwards, what are you thinking? Or what were you thinking? And um, I've often felt that golf is um, not really a thinking game. And I, I, I genuinely am a fan that uh, of the instinctive golf as opposed to the scientific golf because it was probably not until the early 60s that golfers would actually pace the course to do yardages. It was a very new thing. I mean, if you look at golf 30s and the early 50s and you see the caddy carrying the bag, probably that's all they were meant to do is carry the bag and no one's carrying a yardage chart. They're not carrying contours of the maps of the greens um, they sort of, they'd, most of them smoke cigarettes, which is how they judge the speed of the wind.er That's my theory, but they were they were not um, reducing golf to science. I think they probably knew how far they hit each club, give or take five yards, but so accurately that they would know exactly to the yard. And nobody knew the spin rate on their ball. Nobody knew how accurate the compression was, the loft, the lie, the swing weights. It, it golf back then had a bit of science, but compared to today, it's like you know, Orville and Wilbur Wright compared to, I don't know, the space station. It's just a different different technology. But what we've done is we've abandoned our instincts, our instinctive feel for the game. And uh, I look, I I was playing golf in Florida with a a young Chinese fellow who was hoping to turn professional you know he, his parents were very keen to explore and they wanted him to have a mental conditioning coach the kid was 15 nice young fellow but I kind of explained to his parents that what he didn't need was a mental conditioning coach he just needed to play golf and get a sense for it anyway uh, it was agreed that I go play nine holes with him and I remember we got to the I can't remember which hole it was the third or the fourth and as he did with every shot and I'm talking about every shot off the green, he got his yardage chart out. He got his, um, sorry, laser gun out, and I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I just want to see how far the flag is." And I said, "It's 174 yards," and he said, "How do you know?" I said, "Well, that's just what it is." Now I better fess up here. It was a, it wasn't a total guess, but I knew it was somewhere between like 165 and 180, and the position of the thing. But I, I, I it was a, it was a guess, but it was my sense, it was my feeling. And he flips up his laser gun, hits it, and he looks at me like a double take and goes, how did you know that? Well, in in Scotland, we call it the uh, S-H-E, the Scottish Hairy Eyeball. And I think that often in golf, we've stopped trusting our instincts and we rely very much on technology. And my argument to the average golfer is, look, I can't hit a ball a hundred and 76 yards to her, uh, the best 10 pros in the world would struggle to hit it to that exact number. They'd be better at doing it than anyone else, but it's, it's hard to do. So if you're a 21 handicapper and you're standing with a five wood or a six iron, getting your laser finder out might give you confidence, but it probably is, I'm a great believer, is, is in um, playing what you feel. I often say to my partners, if they say, what should I hit? I go, what do you feel? Play what you feel. Now, sometimes it's spectacularly wrong, but it's generally hit with more confidence. We've often had a situation where the, the laser finder or the yardage chart says one thing and we feel another, and then we're conflicted. So this ability to trust our instincts, when I wrote my book on putting, um, I had a five or six golden rules for putting. Was it five or six? Well, I can't remember. I better read my book again. Actually, I think it was seven. Seven's a good number. But I can tell you some of the golden rules, I I definitely can promise you I remember these. Number one, trust your first read. Trust your first read. Now, you may read it again and again and then decide against it, but nine times out of 10, your first read will be right. And the reason it's right is your brain, that wonderful bit of beige matter kept in your noggin, has got a processing power that would put most computers to shame. It sees it, processes it, and gives you the answer that it feels like it just popped into your head. It didn't just pop into your head. You calculated it in in, in an amazing amount of time. And this ability to, in putting, number one was trust. You read number two, trust your stroke. So that is one of the reasons when I'm in a putting um, situation, I don't take a practice putt. When I'm at my ball, I'll take a practice putt off the green to just get a feel for what I want to do. But when I walk up to the ball, I will place the club head behind the ball and I've not taken a practice swing of any kind because I believe my first pass will be the closest to the right amount of feel I need. And that's gonna be me getting out of the way of my brain and trying to control this club head speed. And that requires no thinking. It doesn't require me thinking I need to hit it just this hard or that hard. So, the question I have for you today is what are you thinking when you step in the first tee? What are you thinking? What are you thinking when you have a four foot putt to win the match? What are you thinking when you've got a bare line of bunker? And I will wager, whatever it is you're thinking, it's probably not helpful. I know some of you will be listening to this podcast going, no, Robin. I'm very positive. I'm very positive. And that's good. If you're going to think anything, think positive. But I would argue that once you've looked at the shot in hand and decided what you want to happen, i try and to think of nothing at all. Absolutely nothing at all. It was very interesting when um, this, I think it was Sam Sneed was asked once, what do you, what's your major swing thought when you're playing well? And he looked at the journalist and said, nothing at all. And it's interesting that when people have had a winter layoff (coughs) and they come back to play golf, they go out with very low expectation and they're thinking about business, their kids, college, banks, food, They're not thinking about their golf. And the reason they're not thinking about their golf, is the first game after a three, four, five month layoff. They have no expectations. All they want to do is hit the ball. So they're not really thinking. And all of a sudden, after six holes, they're four shots better than they've ever been in their life. They're under par after nine holes. And suddenly, sadly, they start thinking this could be the greatest round of my life. I remember being 300 par through six holes on a golf course in Australia, and suddenly thinking, I'm 300 par, and I hadn't planned to play. I was visiting a friend, and he said, there's a golf course down the road, and I went down the road, and I went into the pro shop, and I rented a set of golf clubs. And uh, it was one of those fantastic set of golf clubs, the kind of clubs you, a brand you've never heard of, I think it was Carnival, spelled with a K, I think it was, it was at Cape Canaveral, spelt with a, I have no idea. But they were the really bad ping knockoff clubs. And I ended up playing with this very nice American gentleman and uh, who ran a barbershop quartet. And I go figure how I remember that. And we get to the seventh tee he says, you're three under par. At which point I'm thinking, I'm three under par. I've never been under par in my life for nine holes. This is the greatest day of my life, obviously double bogeyed the next hole, and um, I managed to power the next two holes, finish nine holes, one under part. But I wasn't thinking. I was talking about barbershop quartets. I just wasn't thinking. So this is hard to do, trust me. And the key behind uh, Silent Mind Golf and all the teaching and I give to my clients is teaching them simple meditative practices so they can fundamentally switch their brain off for two seconds over the shot. The longer you can switch your brain off and go on autopilot, you're not thinking when you're driving your car. You're not thinking when you're putting your pants on in the morning. You need to play golf in that state of mind, free from distractions and free from thoughts. So that's my words of wisdom for this week. And uh, as I say every week, if you're serious about improving your game of golf, I'd love to hear from you. Get in touch or go to the website and sign up and join the others who are doing the 13 week Silent Mind Golf uh, Mental Conditioning Program, and it's full of drills, exercises, indoor exercises, outdoor exercises, and it's helping you train your mind to work for you and with you, not against you. It's that simple, and simple is good. So I would love you to um, explore it further. I'm working in another golf book at the moment, and I'm seeking to to interview a number of major winners, so more information on that maybe later uh, or next year. uh, But until then, enjoy your golf, have a good time, and don't think too much, okay? Take care.